Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Time Out. I'm Rain. I'm Tom. And for tonight, we are breaking down this Thursday's NFL 2020 draft. Um, there's lots of questions for each team this season, including when the season will even start. But first, we want to focus on the Super Bowl runner-ups, who are the San Francisco 49ers, as well as a team that has a new start in a new city, the Las Vegas Raiders. And for all of you Raider fans out there that are salty that they're moving to Las Vegas, we got room on the bandwagon here, the 49ers bandwagon. Uh, So with that being said, let's dive right in. And so the first team we're going to focus on are the San Francisco 49ers. And their current draft needs here are wide receiver, the defensive line, and also the offensive line. Um, And so, Tone, the 49ers picks in the first round are – uh, 13th overall um, and so do you want to share who do you think that they would go with at 13 awesome well at 13 uh, the Niners are really in prized position to take a really good playmaker uh, as we all know there are three pretty obvious choices for a wide receiver um, in this year's draft Jerry Judy CeeDee Lamb as well as Henry Ruggs III um, all those kind of seem pretty obvious at 13 so whoever is really available I could see the Niners drafting uh, I think Judy could possibly go top 10. Uh, CD could maybe get chosen one or two picks before them. So maybe you guys um, can land rugs at 13. But, you know, if someone like Derek Brown from Auburn drops to 13, I really couldn't see the Niners passing up someone who could definitely stabilize that uh, defensive line, uh, especially after the Buckner trade. Um, I really think the Niners could be looking to uh, solidify that that up front uh, to, you know, kind of win some stuff in the trenches on the other side of the ball um, in a, in um, drafting Derek Brown there. Awesome. Yeah. For me, fingers crossed on Judy and Ruggs. Um, so the Niners also have another pick in the first round, which is 31st overall. Uh, who do you see them potentially taking there? So um, if, if they get the wide receiver that they want at 13, um, there are, Still a couple people on that defense line who I think could possibly sneak up into a first round, um, such as a Javon Keelaw from South Carolina or even a Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Both of those interior linemen um, are really studs at the positions. Um, I think both of them are really a second round grade, but where the Niners are at in the draft um, at that point, I could see them kind of making that pick uh, because after the first uh, two picks in the first round. The Niners don't have another pick until the fifth round. So uh, really trying to get both of their needs in their first um, two picks. But, you know, for instance, if they did happen to get Brown at 13, this is a really, really big, big, deep wide receiver draft. Um, and so someone who is the tallest of the wide receivers, T. Higgins, is definitely someone who can go up there and get the deep ball for Jimmy G or even someone who's definitely rising on everyone's draft boards right now. Uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor, who, um, you know, runs lower than a four five forty, has great hands, but, you know, faced a lot of uh, soft coverage playing in the big 12. So, you know, some of his stats could kind of be overshadowed because of kind of the soft defenses that he was facing, you know, in his conference play, but uh, definitely someone who is high on everyone's board, uh, great hands, great speed, and uh, really someone who I, I could see the Niners taking at that pick at 31. Thanks, Stone. 
Now, another thing that I wanted to ask you is that, you know, there's been some rumors that the Niners potentially could trade either, you know, one or both of their first round picks to trade down into the second round. Like you mentioned, they don't have any other picks until the fifth round. And this year's draft class is pretty deep when it comes to wide receivers. Um, would you be surprised if you saw, you know, Lynch and Shanahan and the rest of the front office like trade away one of those first round picks? Uh, I definitely wouldn't be surprised at all, honestly. Uh, in the last couple of years, under, under the new regime of John Lynch, um, I've, je- I've definitely seen the Niners take a lot of big strides in the draft. Um, and, you know, I think the scouting team that you guys have is definitely deserve a pat on the back with some of the later round um, picks that you guys have taken. And, you know, historically, I personally feel like the Niners have been really good in, say, the third round of the draft. So if you trade that 31st pick and pick up um, a second and a third or even a third and a fourth, you know, you can you can find a T.O. or a Frank Gore or even like a Joe Montana in the later rounds, you know, and the Niners have been historically great in um, – and doing that. So I could definitely see them doing that this year as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so now that we've talked about the 49ers want to go in and talk about the Raiders. So currently the Raiders draft needs are wide receiver, uh, linebacker, and also cornerback. Um, now they have five picks in the first three rounds after trading away superstars uh, the last couple of years. Um, and of course, like they look to capitalize on a draft where playmakers are all over the board, as we just discussed. So focusing just on the first round picks that they have, Tone, um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, who you would see the Raiders taking at 12 overall. 12 overall really got to be a slam dunk, honestly. Um, and I think that if they do not get one of the top three receivers, which I, I honestly feel like they would in this um, instance, but, you know, if you're going to go away from receiver at 12. I could definitely see them getting the second best shutdown corner in the draft. CJ Henderson from Florida, uh, long, tall, kind of, um, you know, that prototypical cornerback that the league is looking at right now. Um, and that could definitely be someone who could anchor down uh, the right side of that Raider defense. Awesome. Yeah. So that's um, 12 overall there for the Raiders. And they also have another pick um, in the first round, a couple of picks later, which is 19th overall. So, Tone, who do you see them taking here at 19th? 19, uh, this pick is from the Khalil Mack trade um, that I know all you Raider fans definitely loved. Um, But looking at it this year, uh, linebacker would definitely be a good value um, at this juncture. Um, There's a couple guys that I definitely got my eye on. One, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Kid's just a stud overall. Um, Fourth-year senior uh, playing in the Big 12. Had a lot of um, really big games for the Sooner defense. Um, and another person is national championship, uh, Patrick Queen. Um, he was also a senior with lots of experience. Um, and I think either of those people could definitely um, add a lot of leadership to that front line for the Raiders. Um, and, you know, everyone can use a good run, um, a good linebacker, you know, with the way, uh, you know, in the AFC West, a lot of high-powered offenses, so you really want a linebacker who is a good communicator and someone with good feet and good ball skills um, to, you know, going up against Patrick Mahomes a couple times a year. So I could see that. Or, you know, a dark horse at 19, Jordan Love. He's definitely high on everyone's draft boards at the quarterback position. Uh, coming out of Utah State, he is the quote-unquote Patrick Mahomes type of this draft, you know, a super athletic, um, really great ball skills, um, and – 
you know, John Gruden has been known to love quarterbacks, obviously. And um, although the Raiders signed Marcus Mariota in the offseason, uh, I don't know about you, Rain, but I've never been sold on Marcus Mariota as an NFL quarterback. So um, it really wouldn't surprise me if Gruden took a quarterback um, at 19 overall. So, yeah, I definitely agree there on um, Mariota. Um, so, yeah, so now that we've covered uh, what these two teams need in the draft, um, let's actually take a look at the playoff teams uh, from last year and where they could be looking this year. Looking at all of the potential picks this year, we have broken down where each team can go based on needs as well as free agents lost. So first up, we have the Houston Texans, and their draft needs are wide receiver and also some edge rushers. Um, and so they, have, they don't have a first-round pick. They have a second-round pick which is 40th overall. So, Tone, who do you see the Texans taking um, in the second round there with the 40th overall pick? So, after trading away the first-round pick, um, I feel like one of the biggest needs is wide receiver for obvious reasons. After trading away darn near the best receiver in the entire league in DeAndre Hopkins, uh, looking at someone who could be available at 40, someone like a Des- Denzel Mims, um, like I said in the previous part is that he's definitely climbing up on everyone's draft boards. Uh, someone else who could possibly be there is the third wide receiver from Alabama, Devonte Smith. Um, you know, he kind of goes under the radar, kind of overshadowed by uh, Judy as well as Ruggs. But, um, you know, someone who can be a uh, number two, possibly a number one right away. Um, and also Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Um, really great hands, really great 4-4 speed. Um, and he's also someone that I could see getting drafted at the wide receiver position. If they're going to go edge rusher, uh, someone who could possibly rise into the mid of the second round is Yatir Gross Matos from Penn State. Um, a lot of people like his upside. He's kind of a really raw talent who's only been playing football for about three, four years now. But um, if you look at previous drafts, you have a lot of under the radar picks um, who really haven't played basketball. I'm sorry, haven't played football for a long time. Definitely end up being really good in the draft. Someone like a Ziggy Ansah, you know, um, coming over from Africa, never played football in his life, played three years, and now he's a all pro every season. So that's someone who I can also see them picking at 40 overall. Got it. Yeah. And I'm still surprised by the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Um, I think we both are, honestly, you know, it's just, uh, that's the way the league is nowadays. You know, superstars get traded all the time. And so uh, we'll see what Arizona can do with Kyler Murray and him. But I'm really interested to see kind of how that all pans out. Yeah. And the worst part about it is, yep, like you, like you mentioned, it was Arizona and the Niners division just makes the NFC West uh, much tougher than it already is. Um, and so the next team that um, we're going to go ahead and look at have finally broke a long playoff drought uh, in the Bills. And their draft needs are wide receiver and also an edge rusher. Um, you know, they made that huge deal for Stephon Diggs, Tone. They have the second um, – in the second round, they have the 54th overall pick. Who do you see the Bills taking there? So just like you said, you know, getting Stephon Diggs really uh, gives them that solid number one option. But they really don't have a number two option. You know, if you're going to look at someone like Cole Beasley as your number two wide receiver, um, no, he's more of a slot guy. So um, to really solidify that – wide receiver position you could see someone at 54 like a chase claypool from notre dame um four-year starter uh highly touted out of high school but just kind of dropped on some draft boards after notre dame kind of went to like a run first offense last year um and if you're going to go to an edge rusher 
Uh, me as a Cowboy fan, I know that um, the kids from Boise State, they're always a really good, solid choice. And someone like Curtis Weaver um, is definitely someone uh, with a lot of upside who I can see again taking out 54th overall for Buffalo. Okay. Got it. And, yeah, to, to follow up on you being a Cowboys fan, the next team that we're looking at is the Eagles. Um, and their draft needs are wide receiver, uh, cornerback, and also a linebacker. Um, they do have a first-round pick, uh, 21st overall. Uh, so, Tone, who do you see your division rivals taking there at 21? Uh, honestly, I hope they just don't pick anyone. You know, I just hope that at 21 they just stay silent and they don't pick someone. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, as a fan of football, you know, breaking down this draft, I will try to keep my biases aside right now. But, uh, you know, at, at, at 21, uh, you can definitely still get that playmaker wide receiver. Like we've been talking about, you know, this draft is really deep in the wide receiver class. Um, a proven winner such as T Higgins out of Clemson. Um, Clemson also always kind of seems to have really good receivers. If, you know, you look at years past and uh, T Higgins definitely fits the mold. Um, he could be someone uh, Carson Wentz finds on the outside uh, multiple times. Um, also, if you're looking to solidify the defense, uh, someone up front uh, with a really good pedigree when it comes to winning is uh, Patrick Queen out of LSU. Um, I know I kind of touched on him a little bit earlier um, when it came to the Raiders, um, but he is also someone who can definitely help the Eagles in their front seven. Uh, if you're going to look elsewhere at the linebacker position, someone like Logan Wilson, probably not a first round pick, uh, but you know, you can possibly get him in the second. Um, he's definitely someone high on my draft board. Um, tackling machine out of Wyoming. Um, not the biggest school. Not facing a lot of really great def um, great offenses. But um, this kid can just flat out tackle. So uh, Logan Wilson is another pick um, that I could see them picking. Awesome. And now the next team, which I'm interested to, to learn more about who you think they're going to take, is the Patriots. Uh, so obviously – Tom Brady left, and with the news of Gronk joining him in Tampa Bay, they have a lot of, um, in my opinion, rebuilding to do. And some of their needs are linebacker, quarterback, and safety. Uh, in the first round, they have the 23rd overall pick. So, Tone, who do you think uh, the Patriots are looking at there at 23? 23, really good spot right here. Um, looking at the Patriots, uh, always been a defensive-minded team under Bill Belichick. They just happen to have the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, running their offense. But um, if we're looking to revamp the linebacking core after losing uh, Jamie Collins and a Kyle Van Noy, uh, someone like a Zach Bond um, out of Wisconsin, um, Big Ten had a lot of really good running backs. And um, anytime that Zach Bond uh, faced them on a Saturday, held every single one of them to under 100 yards rushing. Um, and, you know, he's definitely someone who I can see um, fitting into Bill Belichick's defense really nicely. Um, if we're going to look safety and try to, you know, have someone next to uh, McCourty on the back end of their defense, uh, someone like Xavier McKinney out of Bama. Um, I've always kind of noticed that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, they kind of have, you know, a really good friendly relationship. And uh, McKinney has been anchoring that defense for Nick Saban the last couple of years in Alabama. So I uh, definitely could see Bill Belichick picking someone uh, that Saban really likes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that, that makes sense there. And the next team that we're going to uh, talk about is um, one of the teams in the NFC that are powerhouse that I believe are a threat to the Niners uh, making another run at the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the Saints here. Um, of course, they, they signed Emmanuel Sanders and uh, some of their draft needs are at linebacker the offensive line, safety, and also wide receiver. 
Um, in the first round, they have the 24th overall pick. So, Tone, in your opinion, who do you think the Saints uh, should take here at 24? Saints at 24, you know, like you uh, mentioned, uh, they already got Emmanuel Sanders in this offseason to go go on the other side of Michael Thomas. So their offense uh, seems to be pretty high-powered and, you know, looking to repeat on the success that they've been having. So someone who can be on the back end of that defense, um, sticking to, you know, winners. You got Grant Delpit out of LSU, um, kind of a hometown kid, could really, really uh, ramp up that uh, secondary for the Saints. Um, also someone, if we're looking at linebacker, you know, if he can happen to drop to 24th overall, Kenneth Murray, um, I just really think that Murray, Queen, and Bond are really the cream of the crop when it comes to uh, linebackers, after Isaiah Simmons, obviously. But, um, you know, picking someone like a Kenneth Murray here um, at 24 would probably be pretty lucky for the Saints, but uh, could definitely uh, anchor down that defense for them. Great. Um, and so the, the next team that we're going to be looking at are the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and so for them, again, as I mentioned earlier, the loss of digs, their draft needs, you're looking at cornerback, uh, the defensive line and safety. They have the 22nd uh, overall pick in the first round uh, from Buffalo. And they also have the 25th overall pick in the first round. So, Tone, who do you see them taking at both 22 and also 25? Um, so, after a lot of the departures came on the defensive side of the ball, um, one person was Xavier Rhodes. Um, and I really think that they got to solidify in, uh, in that cornerback position. And um, one, one of the kids that I could see is A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Uh, really not the best when it comes to ball skills, but, uh, you know, he's a gamer. Uh, really showed up for uh, Dabo Sweeney's defense. Um, and they went to back-to-back national championships the last two years. Uh, someone who's also high on my draft board is Jalen Johnson, the kid out of Utah. Uh, both of those corners is, are definitely someone that I could see them picking at 22 or 25. Um, also, when it comes to corners, I really wish they could. Um, but, you know, they just traded away uh, Stephon Diggs. And, um, you know, Stephon Diggs' little brother is actually um, coming out of the, in the draft this year. And, um, you know, I think that he would fit in probably better than either one of these uh, two kids that I was talking about earlier. But the fact that they traded away his brother, I don't think they're going to go that route. Um, so if they are going to go onto the defensive side of the ball, um, if a, if a keen law is there from South Carolina, I could see that. Or um, also the kid Calavion Chason would definitely solidify that three, four defense um, as an edge rusher out of LSU. Okay. Awesome. And the next team that we're talking about, um, our, you know, our rival, the Niners rivals, um, actually, they probably might be the biggest. I mentioned that the Saints were a threat, but this team is also a threat as well. I'm talking about the Seahawks. So in terms of their draft needs, um, you know, they need an edge rusher. They need to solidify the defensive and offensive line. They have the 27th overall pick in the first round. Uh, Tone, who do you think the Seahawks are going to go with here? Um, so, Unless they sign Jadavion Clowney um, before this draft starts, I really think they're going to go edge rusher. Um, A.J. Apenza from Iowa definitely could fit into their 4-3 defense. Um, if you're going to go on to the offensive line side of the ball, um, someone that could be available um, at that pick is Josh Jones out of Houston. Um, really, really good um, in that high-powered offense for Houston. Uh, he actually only allowed three sacks the entire season, um, so I could see them definitely picking one of those two. Um, at that pick great and the next team that we're going to talk about here is actually the team that a lot of people thought would make the Super Bowl 
um, to play the Niners, uh, which is the Ravens. Um, their current draft needs are, you know, wide receiver, edge rusher, and a linebacker. Um, looking to build off of last year's uh, success, they have the 28th overall pick in the first round. So, uh, Tom, who do you see the Ravens taking here with, at 28? Uh, I really think that they got to pick um, a wide receiver here, uh, someone to go on the opposite of Hollywood Brown. If you look at the Ravens of last year, they were probably one of the only teams who rarely threw to wide receivers. Um, I would know that from experience because Hollywood Brown was on my fantasy team and uh, there were a lot of uh, I'm sorry a lot of weeks where you know he only has one or two catches and so if you get someone on the other side of him such as like a Justin Jefferson um, who actually caught five touchdowns in the national title game um, you get some kid like that on the other side it really is going to open up the offense for Lamar Jackson and coming off the MVP season uh, could definitely use another weapon uh, so I could definitely see them going um, that route. Awesome. And the next team here is your uh, AFC team that you grew up, um, you know, uh, favoring tone in the Titans. Um, and so, you know, their draft needs are um, edge rusher and also on a defensive line there. They shocked everybody um, last postseason by going as far as they did, winning tough games in New England um, and in Baltimore. And so looking to build off of that success, they have the 29th overall pick in the first round. Um, who sh should they take here? Um, looking at the Titans, uh, I really think that they could use someone who's really going to get after the quarterback um, day in and day out, and that would be Clavion Chason, the edge rusher out of LSU. Um, really, really high on my draft board. I kind of Kind of hope that the Cowboys pick him, but, you know, um, that's neither here nor there. We'll see. But uh, he could definitely fit into the Titans' defense right now and really get after the quarterback. Um, he led his team in sacks last season, uh, so I could definitely see that success transforming into the NFL. Um, there have been a lot of uh, questions on his durability, um, but I really do think at 29, if he's there, he's definitely going to fit into uh, Mike Vrabel's defense nicely. Awesome. And then uh, the next team um, that – we're going to talk about went all the way to the NFC uh, championship game, um, lost to the Niners. Uh, we're talking about the Packers here. Um, their draft needs are wide receiver and uh, offensive line. They have the 30th overall pick in the first round. Uh, Tone, who do you see uh, the Packers taking here? Hey, let's get Aaron Rodgers another weapon, right? Uh, he's got Devontae Adams already. Um, but how about Brandon Ayuk? Um, really really rising his stock after um, a really good combine coming out of Arizona state. Um, he was actually Camille Harry's uh, backup from last year. And um, he really just had a monster monster year this season for Herm Edwards and uh, the PAC 12. Um, so if we're going to go wide receiver, I think he's a definitely great value pick at 30. Um, also someone who could possibly solidify their offensive line is Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Um, he is the second best person coming out of Georgia this year, right after Thomas, who's probably going to go top 10. Um, I think that if you look at Isaiah Wilson, uh, he's probably more of a mid second round pick, but um, to fill a need at 30, I could see um, the Packers really trying to protect Aaron Rodgers on the right side, um, and that would be Isaiah Wilson, in my right. opinion. And last but not least, um, we'll talk about the reigning Super Bowl champions, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and their draft needs are at running back, cornerback, and also linebacker. They have the uh, 32nd overall pick in the first round. Um, Tone, how do the Super Bowl champs improve on – you know, um, their success from last year. 
So, you know, I, a lot of people are probably questioning why I feel like they could need a running back um, as a draft need. But, you know, in this league, it's better to have two rather than one. And, um, you know, if you look at the Chiefs backfield, Damian Williams, yeah, he really had a great Super Bowl. Sorry, Rain. But, um, you know, I just don't think every Sunday that's your guy who's your workhorse. Um, but someone like a DeAndre Swift coming out of Georgia, um, three-year starter, really ran the ball really well each, each and every uh, season for them. Um, I could see them picking someone like him. Or if we're going to go um, on defense, I definitely see them picking a corner. Trayvon Diggs, someone um, who's really been on the rise coming out of Alabama, or Bryce Hall out of Virginia. Both of those corners um, are good slot guys. So um, I think they could definitely add to Steve Spagnuolo's defense in that um, predicament. Awesome. And, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, they have similar needs. So um, if someone is available – um, of course, right, you can still see them obviously changing their pick. Um, as we all know here, it just takes one or two slam dunks in a draft to go from pretender to contender instantly. Um, and so next, what we'll be looking at is we'll look into the later rounds and see, you know, if we can find, you know, the diamond in the rough, those sleepers. Um, so stay tuned. As you know from fantasy football, playoff teams are made in the middle and later rounds, not just the first or second. So let's see if we can find someone special on offense on day two or three. Starting off with the quarterback position, this is what we have. So, Tone, um, who is your favorite sleeper at quarterback? Quarterback, I really like Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. Um, obviously, we know a lot of his success came at Alabama, um, taking him to a couple national title games. But um, after moving to Oklahoma, I feel like he was really dynamic in the passing game as well as the running game. Um, my other one could be Jake Fromm uh, from Georgia. Another four-year starter, I could see someone uh, like the Patriots really taking a gamble on him because uh, I really feel like the Patriots aren't really sure about what they have at quarterback. Um, so I could see one of these two um, possibly landing in New England. Okay. Okay. Um, and so the next position we're looking at is running back. So who to you are the running backs that, you know, we people are sleeping on? Uh, one to definitely keep an eye on um, who could definitely creep up into the second round. Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU um, had a really great season. He did get hurt uh, before the college football playoffs. So, um, you know, his numbers really weren't as big in the playoffs as they were in the regular season. But 5-7 uh, coming out of the backfield, um, catch the ball really well. I could see him going to somewhere like possibly Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, really could be that James White type of running back for Tom Brady. Uh, another running back that I really like out of Ohio State is J.K. Dobbins. Um, I could see maybe even the Niners taking a gamble on him in the later rounds um, could be there in the fifth round when you guys um, have a selection there, but definitely a big physical runner um, in the big 10 who um, had a lot of really big games for the Buckeyes as well. All right, cool. And the next position, which is, you know, as we mentioned earlier, is pretty deep um, in this draft class is a wide receiver position. So I'm really interested to know who are your quote unquote sleepers here at wide receiver. So, yeah, you know, like wide receiver is definitely going to be the cream of the crop in this draft. Um, in my top 100, I got 21 wide receivers. Um, you know, I think this is probably the best wide receiver class that we've seen in, you know, 10 years, honestly. The last last time that we had this many wide receivers was the year that Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odo Beckin, Brandon Cooks, 
Kelvin Benjamin, all those guys were taken in the first round. And I think even more will be taken in the first round this year. But uh, some of my sleepers, uh, one could be Gabriel Davis at a university of central Florida, you know, really good on the outside. Awesome route runner, really great hands. Also, um, also Sage Surratt from Wake Forest, 6'3", 215, really dynamic uh, body build for a wide receiver and probably the best route runner in the draft. So um, if he's there in the second and third round, I could definitely see him uh, going to someone who's looking for a wide receiver. Okay, great. Thanks, Tom. And so last but not least, um, we're going to be talking about some of the best and worst picks in previous drafts from the 49ers. So Hopefully this, you know, doesn't bring back too many bad memories for United fans out there, but uh, here we go. So let's start off with uh, the best picks. So obviously um, in the most recent year, last year, we have, you know, uh, Bosa and also Debo, um, you know, any, any thoughts there, Tone? Uh, I mean, Bosa's, Bosa's a stud, man. You know, not just the fact that, you know, he gets after the quarterback like that, but I really just like his – game day mentality and just you know he's just so tenacious on the outside and I I know if I was a quarterback I definitely wouldn't want to be looking at that guy uh, rushing my backside you know and um, Debo has definitely shown that he is a viable option for the Niners and um, you know after losing Emmanuel Sanders I really just see him only getting better in that offense. Yeah like these two rookies were very uh, pivotal in the Niners success this year stepped up in a big way and whenever they're both called upon, they executed. So, yeah, really excited mm-hmm. to see them get better this year. Another person I forgot to mention in last year's draft is Dre Greenlaw. Uh, so out of mm-hmm. the fifth round, um, you know, stepped up at the linebacker position, really surprised a lot of people. After a couple people went down in the Niners defense, um, they didn't miss a beat at the linebacker core. Um, and Greenlaw really stepped up too. Uh, so what do you think about uh, him, Tom? You know, um, that's that's a great pick, you know, in the fifth round, you know, uh, even going back to the previous year, you know, he he was the one who replaced Fred Warner when Fred Warner got hurt. And, um, you know, Fred Warner was also a third round pick for the Niners. And so, you know, I like I said previously, I really trust John Lynch. And uh, I think that he definitely has a really great vision for that defense. And Coach Sala has been coaching these guys up for the last couple of years. And I really just think that, you know, you guys have honestly done a really phenomenal job when it comes to the draft. Yeah. Awesome. And so, you know, just looking at the most recent years here, I'll just list them out. So 2017, George Kittle in the fifth round, right? That guy's pretty good. Yeah. 2016, DeForest, uh, DeForest Buckner in the first round, uh, 2015, Eric Armstead, right? All these guys that I just mentioned, you know, are kind of the core, right, to this uh, Super Bowl run uh, last year. Um, I think out of those – uh, guys that I just mentioned, Kittle is probably the one. I mean, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, probably going to get paid uh, as the best tight end in the league, hopefully sooner than later. Um, but any thoughts on any of those guys I just mentioned? Kittle, Forrest Buckner, Armstead? You know, Kittle is one of those guys that you kind of dream of when you're building a football team, right? You know, someone who's going to go out there any given Sunday and just dominate no matter who is on the other side of the ball. You know, one of my favorite moments of him last year is when he pancaked that guy in the end zone and you just see him just smiling, you know, he's just like a freak out there, you know? And I think that if you, if you look back at, you know, your last couple of years, he is definitely the one that really sticks out for me for being my personal favorite, even as a Cowboy fan, but you know, he's definitely 
that type of guy that you really want to build um, a team around, you know, whether, whether he's on offense or defense, you know, that's the type of football player that I would want. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of tight ends, there's one that we wanted to mention here. This is way back in the 2006 draft, Delaney Walker in the sixth round. Yeah. Um, Delaney Walker in the sixth round. Wow. I didn't know that, but yes, he was definitely um, really, really underrated, right? Tight end um, when he was with the Niners putting him alongside Vernon Davis, they were a deadly duo. And then once he went to the Titans, he just flourished. Um, yeah. And so there's also actually rumors of him coming back to the Niners. Wow. We'll, we'll see if that happens, but yeah. Imagine when, Kittle and Walker anchoring down your guys' tight end positions. That'd, that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, also there's rumors of uh, Evan Ingram, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, but wow. yeah. What about uh, Delaney Walker, um, you know, stood out to you, Tone as, you know, six rounder, 2006, having the career that he's had so far. You know, even looking back on that, that's 14 years ago, and the guy's still in the league. He's still probably one of probably the top 10 best tight ends in the league, even at that age, you know, and just only seems like he continues to get better in every system that he's in, you know, just like you mentioned that he really flourished when he was with the Titans. But even when he was on the Bills, you know, he he actually did a really great job for – uh, that really bunk offense that they had up there. You know, he was really one of the shining stars on there. And um, I really think that even looking into this year, you know, I think he's still a top 10 tight end, like I said. And, you know, um, any fantasy team would probably take someone like Delaney Walker. You know, uh, I know personally as a Cowboy fan, we don't really have a tight end. And I would take Delaney Walker in a heartbeat. Awesome. And then um, those were, you know, kind of our list of, of best picks, best 49ers picks. So now let's go ahead and go into the worst picks. So um, in my opinion, let's go ahead and start off with the 2018 draft. I have uh, Dante Pettis here in the second round. Um, really had high hopes for him. I mean, mm-hmm. only a couple of years into the league, hasn't really panned out. I mean, he had the opportunity to kind of stand out um, in, in the system, but hasn't shown anything to, um, you know, to wow Shanahan or anything like that. I, I think, in this past year, Shannon kind of lost trust in him. Um, and so, you know, I think that's why I would put him at, you know, um, one of the worst picks, like, in recent memory. What are your thoughts on Pettis? Yeah, uh, coming coming out of the draft, I really thought that he was going to be one of Jimmy G's favorite people, and it just seems like he's one of the Niners' least favorite people. Uh, it doesn't seem like he has that real, real love for football that you look for, especially in a wide receiver. You know, like, those guys are really, like – kind of the superstars of the team, you know, and I just think that, you know, he's someone who definitely hasn't panned out for you guys, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so the, the, the next, the next year that we're looking at is 2017. So got a few here that I want to, want to list out. Um, first Solomon Thomas taking him third uh, overall um, in that draft. Um, and then later in the first round, we took uh, Ruben Foster. Um, and then later in the third round, uh, Kello Weatherspoon. Uh, so in that 2017 draft, I think, you know, pretty, pretty poor job there um, on who, who we took, but wanted to see from your perspective tone, um, you know, as you're not a Niner fan, like what are your thoughts on those three guys, uh, Solomon Foster and Witherspoon? Uh, the way I'm thinking is strike one, strike two, strike three, you know, uh, definitely Solomon Thomas, you know, uh, unfortunately picking the kid from Stanford didn't really work out for you guys in that aspect. And, Ruben Foster, he just had a lot of red flags coming out of uh, college. And, you know, I kind of 
uh, think about him. And I think about he kind of reminds me of a Rolando McLean type who just never really panned out for the Raiders or the Cowboys for that for that instance. And with Witherspoon, you know, he had plenty of opportunities to really show who he was. And, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, man, just stri- strike out in that draft, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for Foster, when he did play, when he was on the field, he was all over the place. He was really great. Uh, like you said, yeah, I agree with you with Witherspoon. Plenty of chances, um, um, you know, to prove himself. But whenever he was thrown in there, um, I just remember that he would just get burned every single time and, like, quarterbacks would oh, look yeah. his way, um, especially, like, when we faced the Vikings in the divisional round. And then for mm-hmm. Solomon Thomas, like, yes, our defensive line is dominant. But I think we'll see what the Niners do on Thursday. But in terms of the D linemen, I think they're going to try to rely more on Thomas to, like, step up. Uh, but we'll see, like, who they bring in and whatnot. But I totally agree with you there. Uh, strike one, strike two, and strike three. Um, and then the next two picks, um, I know you love this tone. So 2010, uh, Taylor Mays in the second round. And then in love 2012, it. A.J. Jenkins in the first round. So, oh, man, talk about uh, these two guys. Um, this gives me PTSD. So, yeah, I'll let you take this one. Sorry about that, but, you know, Taylor Mays in the second round when you got someone like Cam Chancellor just kind of, you know, waiting to be picked. And, uh, unfortunately, he went to one of your rivals, but that's probably one of the funniest. But my favorite, personally, I'm sorry, is A.J. Jenkins in the 2012 draft, picking him 31st overall um, in a draft where you got Alshon Jeffrey, Mohamed Sanu, T.Y. Hilton, even Travis Benjamin or Mel- or Marvin Jones, I would pick any one of those guys before AJ Jenkins. Can you tell me where AJ Jenkins plays right now? No, I cannot. I probably couldn't tell you that either. You know, like even the XFL doesn't want this guy. So uh, that is really probably my favorite of the worst uh, for you guys. Yeah. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to our inaugural episode um, and giving us some of your time as we look forward to Thursday's big night for the NFL. Um, lots of questions moving forward for each NFL team with this year's draft, and we will find out shortly how each team's draft class looks after this weekend. Um, we will be doing a, a NFL draft recap episode once the draft is over. Uh, we'll break down, you know, who the teams pick. Let's see how many uh, Tone actually got right in his predictions, um, and we'll just break down the entire uh, draft as a whole, um, more focusing on you know, the Niners and what the Raiders did and all the playoff teams that we talked about today. Um, And we appreciate all the feedback. So please chime in by leaving us a voice message. Uh, The link is in the show notes. So go ahead and look at our show notes, click on the link there uh, and leave us a message. All right, we'll see you guys soon.